Morning team. Morning. Morning. Off you go. It's all drawing. Seeing it, yes, apparently so. I have lightly buttered toast. <laughs> don't, don't do a luncheon. No, don't do salads. I won't eat. I won't eat. No, just a nice, nice cup of tea. Earl Grey. Do you have Earl Grey? All oh, right. I just. Sorry? Twinings. Yes, absolutely, yeah. I just have Earl, Earl Grey and not even a cupcake, you know. I'm quite happy with sort of a dry biscuit. Okay. I'm easily pleased. I would, of course, moan about it forever afterwards. <laughs> Went round to Anthony's and got a dry biscuit. See you, See you later. So I'm going round to Anthony's. We've got, a, we've got a, a production meeting, OK, which we're doing for the show for next week. Did I mention we're doing a show next week at... Uh, at uh, where are we doing the show? Just remember. Oh, we're doing it at the Queen's Theatre in Hornchurch. Woo, woo, woo. Um, and um, so we, we're going to run through it. Just we've got it in, in our minds exactly what we're doing. Down. We've done it before. We know what we're doing. But uh, we're having a rehearsal today. So in fact, I've got to leave here at seven. I've got to rush uh, like mad up the road. And so I've got a photo shoot. And then after that, uh, then I'm going to rush over to Anthony's for sort of this light lunch thing, which I'm quite looking forward to, actually. You know, because you never get the chance to go to other people's houses. I mean, I'm, I'm generally the sort of person who sort of tries to Google Earth them. And apparently you, you can do it with Anthony, but I'm, I'm not going to do it. It's a small little flat, I suppose, in a basement somewhere. Um, uh, loads of things in the papers today. Loads of stories that have absolutely got me incandescent. Incandescent with rage. Including, there's one woman who's, who's brought out halal makeup, if you please. Halal makeup. Even the Iman is saying... People are just capitalising on the word halal. She's saying that Muslim women uh, don't like having to take their makeup on and off, on and off when they're going into the mosque. Well, I've never heard of anything so stupid in all my life. I didn't think people did take their makeup on and off. She said a lot of women are very uncomfortable wearing uh, normal makeup that's available, so she's developed halal. No, what you've developed is uh, what you see as an advertising opportunity, and. Um, and you've decided to capitalise on that. And that's exactly what the imam said. And he said he, he gets a bit bored with people stamping halal on things. Halal makeup. Everything's so staffed in your entire life. Uh, even as dafter in the Daily Star today, uh, Jade Goody's ghost is haunting Big Brother. And apparently, uh, the reason they say this is because so many things have been going wrong. And so they've managed to find another one of these, a celebrity medium. I won't even credit her with a name because they're far too stupid, these people. And she believes that the Big Brother 3 star has returned to have some fun at the producer's expense. Jack and Ori, Jack and Ori, Jack and Ori. And in fact, she's even volunteered to go into the studio. Of course she has, because she's desperate for publicity. That's why. And uh, we don't believe any of this. I mean... You know, Big Brother is dying on its proverbial fat bottom, I'm afraid, with uh, a bunch of no-hopers. They're all peculiar and odd. Ben, who is heterosexual but plays poof all the way through it, you know, is just very odd and very sort of well-spoken and uh, will turn up anything. There's something about him that I find very creepy. Then you've got Keely, who apparently likes footballers. God, no, she's a minger. I mean, I was looking at her yesterday thinking, there's something odd about you. There's something odd about all of them. I don't think any of them are actually in the real world. Then you've got uh, John, John James from uh, Australia, epitomising why the majority of British girls don't go anywhere near Aussie blokes because they're thick as planks and swear like this one. Every other word is the F word. I mean, how he has a conversation with his poor mother, I've got no idea. But he cannot have a conversation without swearing. It's almost embarrassing. Uh, and then you've got the bloke with no legs and the tattoos. Uh, it's very nice, but it's, it's just a bit, bit tacky, I'm afraid. Uh, and then you've got then you've got some other people. You've got the girl who is apparently supposed to be the Jordan lookalike. 
And, uh, and I looked at her the other day. She's got the most blokey voice you've ever heard in your entire life. She can't help it. I mean, she's quite clearly just, you know, one of these tacky old things from up north that they drag onto a show and they go, right, you're a Jordan lookalike, are you? And she goes, yeah. And then and she opens her mouth and I just think, God, blimey, nobody in their right mind to go within a mile of you. You're just so dreadful. Uh, other stories of the papers today. Now, why did I save that one there? Why did I save that one there? There must be some reason. Oh, yes. The Saturdays. We like the Saturdays in a in sort of a, a small dose of them, but apparently you're going to be seeing a lot more of them. They're already the sexiest babes on the block until you meet them and you just realise they're little children with lots of makeup on. And uh, now they've admitted they would consider posing nude if it was done properly. What? Like, you're not actually going to take your clothes off and, uh, and show people your bits. So what's, what's the point of posing nude if it's done properly? Grow up and don't be so stupid. Well, you're either posing nude or you're not. So you're, you're taking your clothes off for a strange man, but it's done properly. Got no idea what that means. Apparently, they're known for appearing on the cover of Lads Mags. Of course they are. They're trying to flog records. That's why they appear in Lads Mags. They have to appeal to those sort of people, so they appear in their skimpies. And uh, the latest uh, magazine is showing them in black PVC bras and skimpies slashed underwear. Whoopee! Good for them. That's that's really good and classy. But mind you, it'll all be over in a year, so I mean, it gives a flying forex. Good news is, Jordan's pulled out of playing G-A-Y. Uh, we thought this was going to happen. I had heard rumours that the majority of people down at G-A-Y, when they heard that Jordan was playing down, they went, are you joking or something? Jordan appearing at G-A... What's she got to do with G-A-Y? Answer nothing at all. And uh, anyway, she's pulled out after her last disastrous miming effort. The reason being, this time round, she said she, she's, her heart's not really in it. The single hasn't done anything. It's completely bombed. And most people who bought it on vinyl are turning it into ashtrays and fruit bowls. And so she's now complaining and said, well, I'm, unless I can put on a proper show... Well, you've never put on a proper show, dear. I've never seen you do anything properly in your entire life. It's all based around you, 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 and it's now looking a wee bit tedious. So she's pulled out a G.A.Y., so there's another ten grand fee. That'll upset half the entourage that hang around with her, being the uh, the brown noses that they are, sort of hoping to turn up for another night on the town. Otherwise, it's uh, a night in with a takeaway Chinese. Talking of a takeaway Chinese, there's some poor bloke here who got knifed to death by his father because he turned up with a meal, a takeaway meal. His father sent him out to get a takeaway meal. He comes back and he's got the wrong food. So his father kills him. And we go, what? Is that in this country? Yeah, it's in this country. It's in this country. I mean, the stories of the papers today, they're so stupid, half these stories. I can't, I can't quite believe I'm actually going to repeat them to you. There's a whole lineup of, um, of killers in Holloway Prison, including Bella Cole, Emma Last... Amy Bartholomew, Rochelle Etherington, Alison Walder and Jane Richards. They're all murderers. That's what they're in prison for. And they're either in prison for setting fire to people, stabbing them in the head. I mean, and, th- and here they are dressed up doing a vampire party in prison. I mean, it's just absolutely appalling that something like this can actually go on in prison. And it's encouraged. It's encouraged. They say, oh, you know, it gets them out of themselves. Yeah, really? Well, I'd like to see how the families are thinking. Mr Blunt, uncle of sexy British actress Emily Blunt, went on to say Churchill was opposed to indeterminate sentences. He said, I've not seen anything to suggest that Churchill's instincts were not correct. Uh, These people at the Holloway Monsters Ball uh, cover themselves in fake blood. You just have to wonder about the sanity, don't you? The sanity of the person who bought the ashes of the legendary Coronation Street cat... For 700 quid. What the hell are you going to do with that? I've got no idea. Apparently there used to be a frisky fan club. Had 1,500 members and the cat made charity appearances. And now one of the uh, the fans, um, 
from Essex paid £700 for the ashes of the Coronation Street cat. I mean, you just give up, don't you, really? You start thinking, the whole world's gone completely balmy mad. I like Frankie Boyle. He says here, the BBC has sent an apology to Eamon Holmes for making jokes about him being fat and greedy. Eamon said, it tasted delicious. And that's just one of many jokes which he does, which is bound to upset everybody this morning, including, apparently, take that. He said, to a good to earn £15 million each. They're not doing it for the money, though, of course. Well, Jason isn't. Uh, Jason gets royalties for inventing the colour orange. And uh, between the Dutch fans and Michelle Heaton's face, he's minted. The busy schedules mean it'll be difficult for them to record a new album. I mean, the photo shoot was the longest Mark Owen's gone without sex for years. It's wonderful news, says Frankie. And if you listen carefully, you can hear the sound of middle-aged mum's libidos creaking black into life. The gigs will be like a cross between Loose Women and Dawn of the Dead. The stylists have got a big decision to make. Do they dress like sophisticated 40-year-old men, or do they go back to the early look and dress like their students doing an MVQ in looking gay? This time, everything's going to be equal in the band. Gary, Robbie, Mark and Howard are going to share the singing and songwriting, and Jason's doing the sandwiches. Because that's what he does. He doesn't actually sing on any of the songs. He just mouths the words and dances and looks quite happy doing it. Since announcing the reunion, the lads say their phones have been ringing constantly. That's all from the payphone at Lulu's Sheltered Housing. Can she join them? So it's all happening in the papers this morning. And as the bailiffs clear out the peace protesters, we'll talk about this this morning with my driver, Mohammed, as we were coming in. This is outside Parliament. They've moved up the road to outside Downing Street on the pavement. Because, of course, you can't evict them from the pavement. They're quite, they're quite safe uh, there, because that's owned by Westminster Council. And Westminster say, we won't move anybody on the pavement. So they've just moved the tents up there. The same bunch of people who were clogging up Parliament Square earlier on are now clogging up the pavement. All the tourists must wonder what the hell's going on. Any other country that had brought out the water cannon, you know, blasted them to eternity and gone, go away. Only over here can the story emerge in the papers today of the man who um, discovered that one of his um, employees was stealing from him. He forged a cheque. You remember the story, because what he did, he put a sign around this man's neck. I'm taking him to the police station. He stole £845 from me. And if you remember, he marched him to the police station. The man was charged. And, um, and uh, Julie went through the, uh, the process. Two years on, the man who stole the £845 in a cheque from his employer, is suing the man who marched him through the streets. He's managed to get uh, some sort of legal aid, and he's suing him for £90,000 for humiliation and uh, for the fact that he ruined his life. This is from a common crook, ladies and gentlemen, a crook who stole. So, in other words, somebody comes into your house, they steal from you, you manage to catch them, you put a sign round their neck going, this person is a thief... Two years on, he claims that well, we can't work, he's far too traumatised, so he's taking him to court for 90,000 quid. The bloke, who's being sued for 90,000 quid, doesn't have the money. He's now thinking of trying to settle out of court to save the cost. He has to pay for it. The other bloke pays absolutely sweet nothing. Absolutely nothing at all. It's amazing now, somebody can burgle and steal from you, and in the end, they take you to court... And you're the one who ends up paying. Oh, and by the way, the police have come up with a brilliant new idea. Uh, if anybody nicks from you, if you're a shopkeeper listening at the moment, and the items are under 20 quid, the police's new instruction are, don't bother phoning us. 
We're not interested. If the items stolen are under £20, uh, we're not interested. We are not going to waste our time. So my advice today is you can all go out, nick as much as you like, as long as it's not over 20 quid. If it's over 20 quid, they're going to call the police. Under 20, and the police say, we're not really going to bother. And you begin to wonder why we're in such a bloody awful mess. These are the headlines. The decision not to prosecute the policeman who appeared to push a newspaper seller at the G20 protest just before he died is facing further scrutiny. Former Justice Secretary Jack Straw has been invited to appear before a US Senate hearing over the release of the Lockerbie bomber. An Olympic medalist James Cracknell is said to be making good progress after fracturing his skull after a cycling accident in America. Have a check on the state of the roads. It's Jay Louise. Good morning. Thank you very much, Steve. Well, pleased to say once again... Three. You can't believe some of the stories in the, uh, the papers today. Uh, Phil says... Perhaps uh, Jordan wanted to take her cage-fighting, cross-dressing, makeup-wearing husband. I, w- I assumed he would have been going down to GAY, uh, and she'd have taken the little entourage. But frankly, uh, what self-respecting gay man would be remotely interested in buying anything associated with Jordan? I cannot imagine. Just doesn't even bear thing. Anyway, she's not doing it now. So that's, uh, that's good news all round. Well done to that guy who we mentioned on the papers. Uh, he was in all the papers last week, Dave Crisp. Dave Crisp is uh, one of these metal detectors. He goes out and he, he metal detects. And he found this pot full of Roman coins. Not just, you know, a few Roman coins. 52,000. 52,000 Roman coins. And uh, they've said, yes, you'll be able to get some money. You'll be able to get some money. So I reckon... It, he could be in line for five, six hundred thousand pounds, anything like that. Fantastic. Some of the papers today, they're making uh, a big deal about, you know, the woman who's actually suing and uh, she's appearing on television now. So she's become a celebrity. The woman who couldn't sing on Britain's Got Talent, who's suing them for two and a half million because they laughed at her. You know, a rather pointless waste of everybody's time. Emma Kazgay or something like that. Uh, is is apparently suing them because, as we told you in the papers uh, yesterday, and they've told you again today, she said that she was humiliated. But that's the whole idea of going on that programme. I mean, surely everybody knows the format. Do not everybody know? Anyway, there's another woman who's also decided to take the same route, only this time she told them she was interested in angels, and they laughed at her. So she's taking them to court as well. I mean, the whole thing is, is just ludicrous. We're now into a culture now where you can't say anything to anybody without them going, oh, I'm going to take you to court. And these wussy little people who are a complete waste of bloody space and time decide to clog up the courts. I mean, as everybody said about this, this bloke who robbed this other bloke, they've said, have we not got better things to do with our money than actually sort of take somebody to court who took somebody to court because they stole from him £845. £845 was stolen, and now this crook is suing the man who made him walk the street in the thief sign. He said, um, he said they stopped at a pub, I wish the world would swallow me up, I hope nobody recognised me. Well, I'm bloody glad they did, mate, you're a thief. You know, if somebody thieves, I want to know, you know, what they look like. He says here, they didn't trust me, they had to tie me up, they were punching me and threatening me with various tools. They showed me the sign and made me say it out loud three times. Do you know what, i tell you what, I'd bring back the stocks. you imagine if we had the stocks nowadays? We'd have people suing left, right and centre. It's just absolutely ludicrous. It's like, there's another story in the paper today. There's an Iraqi boy. Uh, He came here uh, two years ago and he claimed he was 13. He's 20. So we're getting rid of him. We're, we're deporting him. And uh, he's now saying, I'm not. What, what they managed to do, they managed to find a doctor 
who said he was between 13 and 16. The council don't believe the doctor. And uh, they've, they've taken advice from other people. They've got different assessments. And they've now said he's actually 20. He sat there and said, no, I'm not. And uh, I'm, only, I'm only 16 now. And they've said, no, you're not. You're 20. Unfortunately, what happens with a lot of people, they turn up, they destroy all their papers so that you, you start from a base of zero. You have to find out everything by yourself. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a shambolic screening process. We had it on the television only a short while ago. I said where there was a family and they were doing airport. And uh, it was quite interesting. And the man at the airport was saying hello to all these people arriving on a flight. Mother, where are you? Where are you going? Mother. I think it was mother, son and two other children. And what they'd done on the plane is they destroyed all their paperwork. They flushed it down the toilet. Arrive here. First thing they say is asylum. And you're kind of a bit stuck because you don't know what to do with them because they've destroyed everything and they just sit there and stare into the distance. This one here has said that, uh, you know, they, they, they've given him, you know, all the wrong interpreters and he said they actually gave me an Arabic person but I only speak Kurdish. I have to be honest, you look at him, he looks 20. But there again, most kids look old to me nowadays. Uh, the case illustrates failings in the immigration process. When people turn up and they've destroyed all their paperwork and they refuse to tell you anything. He, he says here, I'm 16, I should be allowed to stay, it's good here, the school staff are brilliant and I'm really happy, I love it in England. Yes, but that's not the system, you might love it here. I went on holiday to Gran Canaria, I liked it there, but I don't want to stay there. He said, uh, if I go back to Iraq, they'll kill me, like that. Well, there's no evidence to suggest any of this at all, because let's face it, nobody knows who he is. You won't tell them how old he is, and the language difficulties meant that, uh, that they were kind of caught, I'm afraid. Although... Uh, his, uh, one of his uh, supporters says he is 16 and he's confused about what's happening. No, I don't think he's at all confused about what's happening. We don't know how old he is. The authorities say he's 20. He's claiming he's 16. At one point, he claimed he was 13, but they didn't believe it. So that story makes all the papers today, together with Kimberly Walsh, who I thought might make the papers again because she's admitted to having two lovers. And what they're saying in the Express today is, do you think other teenagers will follow her lead and just have two lovers? I mean, I don't know why people worry about how many partners you have nowadays. Whether you have two or 500, nobody gives a... St- it's up to you, isn't it? It's up to you. I don't think it makes Kimberly Walsh any more different from any other person out there. It's just that she's obviously not attractive and can't find people. That's why she's only had two lovers. If she chooses to have two or 300, or f- that's her business. I don't see why we then hold her up as some shining example and go, will teenagers follow her lead? She says, and it's such an old line, I can't believe she's even recycled it, uh, kids feel under pressure to have sex. Well, they do. They do feel under pressure, but then we probably felt under pressure as well. But I don't need somebody, you know, in the newspapers going, well, I've only had two lovers. I couldn't care less. I couldn't care less. I've probably had thousands, thousands of lovers. Mentally, in my mind, I probably had thousands, you know. Figure, I don't know how many you're supposed to have before you sort of settle down. Some people say, oh, two or three or something. Oh, really? Only, only that few? I thought nowadays, I mean, especially judging by the amount of people staggering round Leicester Square in the early hours of the morning, I'm assuming that everybody slept with everybody. I just, I just never thought that it was just two people. I always thought two people. That's great, but for goodness sake, I mean, who cares? Here's this Muslim woman who's launched Britain's uh, first halal makeup. Uh, Sheikh uh, Al-Haddad, a leading imam, says sometimes people misuse or abuse this word and pull halal on any product. He said, I've seen the word halal stamped on fish, and this is ridiculous. Absolutely. Totally ridiculous. You don't need halal makeup. Everybody's everybody's coped with everything quite well up until now. I don't know why we need to actually uh, change things. Uh, And jokes. 
Where do jokes come from? This is after Keith, really teeny tiny Chegwin, uh, appeared on Twitter using other people's jokes. And comedians like Ed Byrne have said, listen, you've got to stop using other people's jokes. And Keith says, why don't you get a life? Don't bother Twittering me. Why don't you go and write new gags? Uh, he says, I had to write new gags. And there's, and there's, lo- there's loads of gags, and it's, it's trying to find who wrote them originally. Bob Monkhouse used to write gags for other comedians, and you can go to comedians now, and they will write gags. Whether or not you can prove that it was their gag to start with, I've got no idea. Tommy Cooper, and I never heard this as being one of Tommy Cooper's, he said, so I met this gangster who pulls up the back of people's pants. It was Wedgie Cray. And you see, I hadn't heard that one before. Man walks into a doctor's. A doctor says, I've not seen you for a while. The man says, I know, I've been ill. I said to the chemist, can I have some sleeping pills for the wife? He said, why? I said, she keeps waking up. That was a Les Dawson joke. Jackie Mason was, I have enough money to last me the rest of my life, unless I buy something. 80% of married men cheat in America. The rest cheat in Europe. Eric Morecambe. My neighbour just asked if he could use my lawnmower. And I said, of course he could, as long as he didn't take it out of my garden. Joan Rivers. Talk about getting old. I was getting dressed and a peeping Tom looked in the window, took a look and pulled down the shade. I don't exercise. If God wanted me to bend over, he'd have put diamonds on the floor. I upset the wife's mother, the other Guy Fawkes night. I fell off the fire. The wife told me it was her 30th birthday, so I put 30 candles on the cake, arranged in the shape of a question mark. Now, proving whose those jokes are would be extremely difficult. It's very difficult for people to copyright jokes. You can probably copyright routines, but to actually copyright a joke, I think, would be very, very difficult. But unfortunately for many comedians, it's their routine. You will hear comedians doing the same routine time and time again. They'll trot it. I've heard comedians, because I've I've travelled around, and I've heard them doing exactly the same act, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But they very rarely change once they've actually got their act. But whether or not you can... It's like writing a song, isn't it? Can you always prove that that was your song, or whether you might have heard a little riff somewhere, and that little riff might have led you to write the song? The answer is, you've got no idea. I sometimes go home and I'll listen to somebody else in LBC, and I'll think, wait a minute, that's, that's my line. I use that line on my programme, and then I think, wait a minute, where did I get it from? And the chances are, I probably got it from somebody else. So that, that's what happens. You listen to it, and you think, that's, that's exactly the same way that I would have said something. Why is somebody nicking that? And you think, are they doing that so that they can sort of, because they've heard it, and they thought that's good? Because I always thought imitation is a, is, a, is a form of flattery. I think it's quite nice. But not if you're nicking somebody's act completely. You know, when, when somebody does something, and somebody, you know, I, I, I can be quite cruel about certain items in the paper, and I hear somebody else doing it, and it doesn't quite sound the same. They don't quite sound as outraged because I I get the feeling they're just doing it as like an act, whereas I'm doing it because I bloody well mean it. I'm not doing it just to sort of try and garner interest in the in the programme. It's like, you know, I remember complaining bitterly, what, three weeks ago. We, ha- we, we cannot run railways in this country. We either get snow on the line, leaves on the line, it's the wrong kind of rain, uh, very, very slippy. The latest one is shampoo on the line. In France, apparently, holidaymakers were trapped across the whole of the south of France because uh, the train announcement said, I'm terribly sorry, in a French accent, um... Uh, but we, we can't run the trains today because of shampoo on the line. And it turns out that a high-speed TGV train travelling from Montpellier to Paris crashed with a truck full of hair cleaner at a level crossing. Nobody was injured, but gallons of shampoo poured onto the line. Nothing could move until the big clean-up, and the shampoo, of course, made the line slippery. Why that would slow trains down, I've got no idea. That's what I thought the whole idea was lines are supposed to be slippery. 
But shampoo on the line. I thought we'd never read it on this programme. But there you go. Shampoo on the line. John Warrington's going to be with us uh, a little bit later on this morning. Plus, of course, we've got all your texts and emails right here today. This is LBC 97. Morning, everybody. I got sent an email the other day, and it ties in with a story on the front of the Daily Mirror. And it's a story of um, Aaron Shelton. Aaron Shelton... Mm-hmm. Lost a leg, John, in right. Afghanistan. OK. So he has one of those prosthesis thing with a yes. leg at yep. the bottom of yep. it. He gets £180 a month disability. A, 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 a £180? Yeah, a month disability. That's nothing. Well, he did. They've just taken it away from him. Why? Because he can walk 400 metres. So they've taken away his uh, disability. Now, I got sent an email the other day. And uh, the email... Uh, it was sent to a load of people. You you probably received it at, at home, and I I got it. Everybody else got it. And it's got a picture of uh, of some footballers coming off a plane, mm. and it says two planes landed in England the other day. One carried a group of overpaid underachievers who complained they were tired and missed their families. The other carried the coffins of seven dead soldiers who'd spent months away from loved ones, living in tents in a war zone, giving their lives for their country. Who are the heroes? Remember, these soldiers earn 15 to 30 grand a year, not a day. Would it not be nice if the England team donated their wages to help the heroes? Now, it's, it seems wonderful. And on the outset, I thought, absolutely right. But the trouble is, they don't pick their wages as the England team. That's what it happens to pay them. Yes, and the, and the boys... Trying to get money that... out of them is like trying to get blood out of a stone, though. And the boys that go into the army and then get head out... Choose. To... They choose. That's the yeah. job that they choose. Like, mm. if you choose to work in, I don't know, Iceland on the counter, that's that's the job that you go. I don't think you choose to work in Iceland. On <laughs> well, the I'm right using now. it very I think so, no. It could be quite a nice job. I think it's a job that I'd you like should it. do. I'd like it, actually. I'd, I'd be very good at retail. In fact, I thought about you, because I watched Guac Khan. Is it Guac Khan? Guac Khan. Guac Khan. Yeah. Very difficult to say. Very difficult. Small vodka and yes. cranberry. Anyway, I watched his programme the other day, and he had a woman on there who used to be an ice skater, and she was a stewardess and everything. And she got naked. It was one. Of, it was one of those how to look good naked. And I thought, do you look good naked? You, you. thought who? You me? Yes. How often do you look at yourself in the mirror Every naked? Day. Every day. Every single Is day. Is your bathroom literally, you know, all mirror bathed in pink light? <laughs> <laughs> Very flattering. I get out of the shower and I stand there and I'm on a slow revolving turntable. <laughs> yes. And the like lights change colours very slowly. A towel descends. <laughs> and the, the electric roof. shower is yes. changing simultaneously yes. behind you. And then I wake up to the harsh reality of <laughs> I'm standing in front of a mirror start naked. And what when they're all broken? You're yeah. surrounded by glass. I, d- actually, I, d- I don't have a problem looking at myself naked. You actually. don't? I do. No. I don't like it. I don't like looking at myself in the mirror. Really? No. Uh, well, I mean, I'm, I don't like looking at myself in the mirror, but I'd, I'd have no problem looking at myself naked. I know every bit of my body. And you do. Every inch in the singular. <laughs> I know every bit of it. I'm, I'm quite happy, actually, looking at myself naked. Because I think it's quite an interesting programme. But he never does men. He does. He does. He does. He has. He's, he's done one. He's done Has a man, it? yes. Well, I say a man. I mean, loosely termed <laughs> a man. Who wasn't happy with the way he looked. And uh, so it was the first one. And then started being a bit of a Mary. And started being, oh, I don't want to take my clothes. You think, well, you're on a programme, it's called Look Good Naked. You mm. know, you take your clothes off, don't be so stupid. And, um, and so he did. And in the end, he sort of admitted that God got it right. 
Because none of us wear, wear clothes which no. which look right on us. And I think it would be nice. You know, all of these programmes, you know, like, you know, uh, the, the one where, you know, ten year, where they knock ten years off your age and yeah. they take you around the street, don't they? And they say, how old does that old bag look? And you go, 80, 85? <laughs> oh, no. oh, but I'm only 30. I you know. think, well, you look bad, don't you? And then when they go back, they go, well, she looks her age. You know, yeah. they've done a bit. But they never do it for men. All of these programmes are based on women, and they should do it for but men. But how old are you supposed to look? I mean, I don't, if, if somebody says to you, John, you know, you're, you're now whatever age you are, you know, yes. what are you supposed to look like? That, what, what is I your benchmark? Know. I don't know. And, and how, you don't look like George Clooney, do you? Unfortunately not, no. Or Robocop. More like Robocop. More, more like Robocop, yes. <laughs> or something more like, like Wally. Yeah, Wally. But, uh, but there again, there's no benchmark for what you're supposed to look like at a certain age. So you get to 30 and you go, I don't know, do I look good for 30? Do I look good for... T-? I mean, I don't know what I look like. But all, all, the, all the people that we see in the movies, you know, I mean, how old is George Clooney? George Clooney must be 50, mustn't he? I bet he's under 50. I bet he's about 46. Well, he's about to get married, apparently. Is he? Oh, he's about to uh, break a million hearts. Yes. That'll be uh, surprising. Who's he marrying? He's marrying uh, Elizabeth... Canalas, she's an Italian beauty. Oh, right. Of she's course. She's 31. Why, why can't they marry an Italian ugly? Wouldn't that make it more entertaining yeah, for everybody else? What they have to marry person. a beauty for? You know, mo- model. Gla- you know, I only have to see the word glamour beauty. model and immediately my heart drops. How old is he? Does it not say? How I thought he was about 46, 48. Clinton? He must be for coming up to 50, yeah. mustn't he? Well, he looks good for 50. Yeah, but how do you know? What, what, what are you gauging him against? You're looking at him going, you've got smooth. He's Hollywood star. Yeah, so do we see the real George? Exactly. Or do we see somebody who's been filmed through John doors? Barrowman wears makeup out on the streets. I know lots of people that do. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, apparently Alan Dodgen said there's somebody on the LBC site, one of my contributors, wearing guy liner. What's that? Well, I don't know, but it's somebody wearing it. Well, certainly not me. But it's not me either. Who I... is wearing guy liner? I don't know. Alan... Why aren't we wearing Alan it? Alan Dodgen said he knew somebody on the site. Are we wearing it for Hornchurch? All guy liner. guy liner. I'm doing the complete drag, <laughs> I've decided, actually. So a normal show, then? Well, in fact, and strangely enough, I mentioned the other day about uh, Sherlock Holmes and Dr Watson. Yeah. And I always thought they were maybe a happy married gay couple. Oh, well, lots of people Because they that. live together. Well, the BBC have just done a series where, in fact, they have turned them into a gay couple. Yes. Because, to be quite honest, I mean, you know, Sherlock Holmes was a little bit effem. Never married. Never married. A Dr Watson, d- d- w- Watson was the sort of... Sidekick. The sidekick, the sort of the older bear type. Mm. <laughs> and then you've got the the housekeeper. I think stereotyping is not <laughs> stereotype. Actually, strange enough that people complained about stereotyping of gays on the television the other day. And they said every time you see gays on the television, never just normal. Whereas in Emmerdale, it's, it's been... Now we've, we've got over the shock of one's turned out to be gay and he's got his boyfriend there. Mm. We seem to just settle down to the fact that they're just normal people. Whereas normally they, they're sort of they're either the object of fun or they're a bit like Anthony Cotton in Coronation Street, yeah, a bit of a screamer. or Louis Spence on the television selling yes. a very bad side of homosexuality. I think he's on in GA, at GAY. Apparently so. Doing what I can't imagine. Well, singing and dancing, I presume. Really? Does he sing? I must take down some tomatoes that <laughs> night. You're a wicked. Person. Yes. Now we haven't got Jordan. But you know what? Oh, what a shame! It is a sh- it is a shame actually. I was yeah. very much looking forward. We were all to looking forward. In fact, to being I there. polished my magnifying glass so I could get close up yes. and personal. Yes. We I've... don't need to. Be, you'll see the eruptions on her skin, you well, know, quite, quite... The thing close. is that she's a bit short-sighted by doing that, because I yeah. think she was rubbish. Everyone knew she couldn't sing. Well, she, she's admitted she can't, but she likes miming, she said. Yes. You see, the thing a is exercise. that with her, she can get someone to do everything for her. She can get someone to write a book, she yeah. can get someone to design some perfume, someone to do the clothes, someone to do the children's... She did a children's uh, line yes, of stuff, yes. she? But she can't get someone to sing for her. No. You can either sing... Or you can't. Well, you, 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 you can go through auto-tune. 
Yes, but then that's just altering your yeah, voice. But she can't sing else's. live. And well, she, she said, can't. I just want to do it. And I'm thinking, well, the public have, have turned on you. But and she, they said, we're not interested. What she should have done, which would have been much, much better, said, look, I'm not going to do this song because I'm rubbish. Let's mm. face it. And she's not ashamed at saying she's rubbish at something. Mm. She should have done a kind of a question. She should have done a kind of a Steve Allen type show mm. and gone on there, shown some clips from the wedding or her recent, the recent programme. And got Jeremy Joseph there to interview her. Yeah. Like, on the stage and take some questions. She's got 2,000 people in front of her. Yeah. I mean, a fantastic opportunity. Sign a few books yeah. afterwards. The trouble is, though, I mean, she was in the paper the other day and she was saying, nobody knows what I'm like. And so one of the critics has gone very unkindly, why don't you do a reality show, dear? <laughs> because you know exactly what she's like. You can see how she bullies Alex Reed. Oh, we does. all saw how, how she bullied Peter. She bullies everybody, even her own mother. She just bullies full stop. She's not a very pleasant person. I do like her mum. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, th- I think the mum actually puts up with a load of old crap from her, really. She does, yeah. I don't know why anybody bothers with it. Why somebody just doesn't get... I mean, Alex sits there like a wet lettuce. Well, I mean, yes. what a drip for a man. <clears throat> what a silly man. God, blimey. She says, we're doing this, and he <clears throat> goes, well, I think we're do-. And then he just laughs, and I think, you're a bit simple, aren't you, really, love? <clears throat> but she always... She did that about four or five times yeah. in that programme. She said, um, no, we'll... <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, we'll think about what Alex has said. Yeah. But this is what we're really going to do. Yeah. It's all about her. But then her, he has her. to do it because presumably <laughs> she's paying for his lifestyle. She owns it. He doesn't. He doesn't go off to work, does he? Does he go off to do a day's work? Well, he occasionally fights in a club, doesn't he? <laughs> well, he's not very successful. He's only ever won eight fights. In fact, when they when they do the marriage vows, he says, "I give you everything I have." She sort of grins as to say, "Over my dead body." Yeah, exactly. You get nothing, mate. While you're here, you get it. Yeah. While you don't, as soon as you're gone. It's yeah, and I, I'm, I'm actually predicting less than a year, unless he's, I mean, unless he is just a doormat. Well, she might have a baby. Not another one? Yeah. How many more do we need, for Christ's sake? I mean, are we running a creche or something? Yeah, but remember, she likes them because they keep her company. Yes, well, tell us, it, well, in fact, she's on the same intellectual level as the children. Because then she was talking to Princess the other day, and she was going, do you want to dre- wear a dress like, like mummies? And Princess, who's still got dummies in her mouth for yeah, some strange reason at that age, is going, yeah, do you want a pink dress like mummies? And think, yeah. And you think, it's all just done for the cameras, isn't it? It's all it just done for the cameras. These poor children are going to grow up and they're going to be resenting. You know, why have we not got cameras following us about? Because your mummy's naff and nobody's interested anymore. Well, I mean, the kids must be... When the cameras... When they're not filming that programme, mm. the children must go... Mummy, the house is very empty. Where yeah. is everybody? And what does, and, and what does Mummy do? Mummy doesn't do anything, actually. Because so far I haven't actually house. seen her doing anything, apart from having Botox and sitting around the house. She doesn't actually... You know, considering she's got these things going on, where are we seeing the business side of it? And the answer is, they're never going to show you that because she's not involved in it. Don't you think so? You think it's all Well, going? put it this way, she, we, we saw her go, go to one meeting and she went, yeah, I like that. I like, yes, all right, I like that. I like the way... That was that, all they did. Uh, a lovely, lovely thing to do. And, and, and there's been all sorts of things that... Uh, this is so anti, this. The, the, just before the wedding, on the morning of the wedding, I don't know what time they got married. It must have been in the afternoon. Because mm. they all seem to be wandering around in rollers and having their makeup done, yeah. all these people. And she's, she nips out and goes out for a sunbed. Now, that's not a very good thing to it show. It is if you don't actually do anything. <laughs> and, and they're going, can we just, can you do something else apart from just walk around with rollers on? She goes, all right, I'll go for a sunbed. Yeah. You'd have thought, actually, that being Jordan and being terribly rich, she'd have her own sunbed. Well, yes. But she has to go to a salon. In Caterham. I know. Well, nobody knew who she was. She walked in, she, I don't know, what she, what she thought this sunbed was going to be. Have you ever do. seen her close up? I'd rather, well, I was hoping to. Yeah, I have. You have frightening. Too, too many sunbeds, you see? Yes, I mean, now she is looking a little bit like she's sort of just, oh, God. 
You know who that woman is on yeah. the television. Who is that? That's woman? the woman who's suing Simon Cowell's company really? for the fact she was humiliated on the X Factor. You watch. The stupid thing is about this whole story. She'll now sell her story to a national newspaper and she'll she make money out of it. How much is she suing him for? Two and a half million. For what? Because, because her because, hair's that colour. Because, because, well, A, she's got a very bad dye job. Secondly, she's quite clearly not all there. And he said she couldn't sing. And can she sing? No. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not the point. No. The point is, <clears throat> she can't sing, and he, he told her she can't sing. And, what? and she felt humiliated. And so she's, so she's suing she's him for suing. hurting her feelings. Yes. She thought she was auditioning for a job. And so she didn't get the job. A job as what? A singer? A, a job on the tour, yeah. Oh, I see. The trouble is, it's called Britain's Got Talent. She neither had talent nor the looks. Or, but she was Or anything British. at all. What they're looking for, well, we don't know where she's from. I don't think looks comes into it on Britain's Got Talent, is it? Because that's the X Factor, where it's all about looks and image and fabulous. Does that matter as well now? Have you seen the people on Britain's Got Talent? Yeah, I have, yes. <laughs> yes exactly. I, well, I, I said it's ages ago. I there said, she is singing, yeah, look. I said ages and ages ago. I'm surprised that nobody sued because for the first five weeks of the programme, you get all, all the loonies. Yeah, but they're all, they're all... And they all come out there. But, but they all sign something to yes, say... Yes, they all sign. You have yes, to absolutely. sign to say, I allow you to use this clip as but often as you want. But you've seen the programme. I yes. mean, uh, the trouble is, she might... Th- Do you remember we had that big fat bird and her fat family? And Simon Cowell said, you can't sing. And she said, it's my dream. And you go, well, you can't sing. They did a documentary on her. So she made money... And again, her, her dream was to be a hairdresser, but she couldn't be a hairdresser, she'd be a singer. And you feel, I think in this day and age, we've got to be, we've got to be honest with people. There's no point in lying to them, because it's now stupid. You tell, I'm terribly sorry, you can't sing. It's like telling somebody, I'm sorry, you're not a radio presenter. No, exactly. You know, you might be very good at reading the news, but you cannot be a radio presenter. You cannot string two words together or make it entertaining. She does she clean up quite no, well. And the worst thing is, she walks off stage smiling. Yes. Now that, I think, is going to be her downfall. If she'd burst into tears at the time... Might have had a case, but they all sign an agreement saying, you know what the programme is. It's not complicated. John Warrington knows why he's here, you fat little so-and-so. <laughs> and, uh, and he will stay here till the end of the programme. That's how it works on a Friday. Only because I'm chained to the desk. Absolutely. <laughs> he won't oh, let me go. He, he does pay extra for the chain. <laughs> Quarter to six. News headlines. The decision not to prosecute the policeman who appeared to push a newspaper seller at the G20 protest just before he died is facing further scrutiny. It's emerged the CPS rejected advice from the Independent Police Complaints Commission that the officer faced prosecution for manslaughter. One of the killers of toddler James Bulger will appear at the Old Bailey via video link later, accused of downloading child porn. And new figures show crime gangs make up to £4 million every year selling stolen mobile phones to recycling companies. Let's have a check on the roads for you. Jay Louise. Thanks, Steve. Good morning. Well, a nice, quiet start to your Friday morning. Oh, is it? Oh, right. Uh, Steve, thought of you last night when I heard one of the big London stores <coughs> has its Christmas decorations up already. This is Selfridges. Thank you, Anne. Oh, yes, I know no. about it. I, I love the Christmas. They, they don't have lights, though. They're not very good at lights. What, Selfridges? Yeah, Christmas decorations. Fantastic. Talking of lights, my lights... Sorry about this, your lights. and gentlemen. This is a conversation yeah. with Jimmy and Steve. You know the lights... That the, um, the solar light, solar lights yeah mine have stopped working have they stopped is that because it's too much sun no try turning them off <clears throat> yeah I've done that oh right done all sorts of things with and them. it hasn't worked no oh give them a ring what the give them a ring at the solar they centre. don't have a phone no <laughs> the lights haven't got a phone I don't know it's no- well if they have got a phone I don't know its number Tom Cruise is very good looking <clears> isn't he very good looking and very short yes in fact, there's yes. a picture of um, him and Cameron Diaz was that last night. 
It must have been. Yes, I think so, yeah. Look yeah. at that picture there. You're looking very trim, actually. Yes, also, have you noticed, they, she's in high heels. She must be really tiny, because he's tiny. Yeah, and he, she is sort of bending over slightly, so she doesn't look too tall. Yeah, she tall. doesn't look too tall next to her. They're her. in a new film. That girl. must be the problem, must it? It's like working... Oh, I tell you what I saw a trail for the other day, and I'm, I'm really... I don't like her. I'm ever so sorry. I wish I did like her, but I cannot stand her, because uh, I bumped into her once, and I thought she was to- so snooty and so stuck up, and I've never... I've just never taken to her after that. Danny Minogue. Oh, got I, like a, I know. See, some people do. Most people can't bear her. She's got a new program. She's got a new program coming out where it's sort of you know Danny, and I'm thinking, I wish you'd just go away. You I'm don't so like her. I cannot stand her. I do. I met like her once, her. and she was extremely snooty. I've always thought Kylie lovely. Danny looks like she's got a bad smell under her nose. Kylie was fantastic yeah. at GAY last weekend, the weekend before. Yeah, absolutely sensational. Yeah, I mean she. Well, really... Danny's a bit hard work. I think she plays celebrity. Well, she is. Well, she's not as successful as her sister. No, nowhere near. But I did think she came across as really nice. She now designs that. clothes, of course, for all designers. Who does? Danny. I thought she was an X Factor judge. No, 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 she designs clothes now. And this is what the programme's called. Yeah, in she, has, Melbourne. she has a baby. Yeah. And uh, well done you, not being married. <laughs> but and, uh, oh, making she it married? No, she's not married. No, well, that's no. very modern. She can't keep them very long. <clears throat> I think she's a bit like Jordan. I think people suddenly realise if you live within the glare of publicity then I think, you know, it's, it's extremely difficult to actually be in the real world. And that's why Jordan and Alex are doomed to failure. For the simple reason that she uses him and abuses him at the same time. And he, at some point, is going to be told by his friend, she's making you look stupid. But, the, you know, with this we programme... We had it with poor old Pete. Yeah, yeah. Pete's the same. Yeah. The thing about it is, is, in fact, I did say to, uh, to Jeremy about on Saturday night, I said, you know what I would do? I'd bring Peter, Peter Andre. Get yeah. him on on Saturday night. Yes. Never... No, because she'd, she'd love that. <clears throat> she would make light of that. She'd go, oh, so Pete has to cover for me when yes, I'm not exactly, there. Yes, exactly, my second act, yeah. you know, bring, bring on the, the yeah. next one. But, the, you know, in the, we've seen the, the wedding now on this, this programme, mm. and the weddings are... I don't know, she looks ridiculous. Where do you see the dress? I mean, the dress, she can't walk in it. No, she, she can't walk. She has to kick it. Yeah. To, because it's so silly. But now we've got the honeymoon. Yes, apparently the honeymoon was a total disaster. But why take a camera crew? If you're for a, money, six hundred thousand pounds. That's how much. Each that's how much there. She paid for the. That's how much she was paid for the whole program, and part of it was the honeymoon. The series. Yeah. Yeah, six hundred thousand yeah. pounds. It's not a bad, little learner, is it? It's very good, but that, that's all she does now. She doesn't do anything else. She doesn't need to do anything. Has she got a new book out? No, well, she has, but it's been slashed in half the price. Oh, really? Terrible. <laughs> uh, Stephen Harlington says there's a halal Chinese takeaway in Pearly Cross. Martin in Wembley says, surely the old uh, ransom strip law or health and safety could shift those smelly protesters. They can't stay there all summer. These are people who are what I call professional complainers. Mm. They've now moved from Parliament Square. They're outside Downing Street on the pavement. And the police are powerless to move them. It just seems absolutely ludicrous. In any other country, they'd have dragged them off in chains, you know, and chucked them in the river. They wouldn't have been there for me. What I want to know is about those people. They've been there for months and months on end. Do they not have a home? No, they're all on benefits. Yeah, but hang on a minute. You, in order to get a benefit, you must have an address. What do they say their address is? Yeah. The second patch of grass, well, Westminster West One. I'm terribly sorry to tell you this, but most of these protesters are very middle class. Mumsy and Popsy. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, don't, don't think they're all working class people, because they ain't. They're so all they Ruperts work and anyway. Genevieve's and things like that. They're oh, all terribly right. posh. So they have got houses to go to. Yes, Mumsy and Dadsy will have a house, and they're sort of, you know, they probably smoke, like, you know, we do joints and everything else, you know. It's a bit like that, isn't it? It's a it? bit like that. Oh, yeah, they're, they're very middle class. They're not working class. There's only a few genuine people down there. The rest of them are just sort of, you know, what, what we call now fair weather people who just turn up because we've got, like, nothing. We're on school holes as well. Oh, we've got so six we weeks go, off. We've got six weeks off. We yes. can go and sit in a tent. <clears throat> All the children break up today, you know. All the schools. Today's yeah. the day. Even I'm going to work this afternoon to cover the girls while they're really? going to take their children and say goodbye to teachers. 
and then go play in the park. Yeah. I like it when they say goodbye to teach you take an apple in and stuff like that. I think it's a bottle of vodka, actually, going to Marks and Spencer's. Bottle of vodka? <laughs> yeah. Excuse me, I don't drink. <laughs> no, you don't, but uh, teachers might. Declan says, or Declan, it proves that French railways are head and shoulders above the rest. Thank you. Uh, Dee says, I was hit by scaffolding. Eight months physio was okay so darfly didn't suit. Nine years on, I'm waiting for a wheelchair. These people suing for sweet Fanny Adams make me sick. I agree totally. Well, this is the bloke who stole from a guy he worked for. He forged a cheque, mm. 845 quid. The guy who owns the company caught him, paraded him through the streets with a sign round his neck saying, I stole mm. £845, took him to the police station. Two years on, the bloke who was made to wear the sign is suing this other bloke for 90,000 quid. I'm hoping we might have a sensible judge here who throws this out immediately. It's outrageous. I've never anything so stupid in my entire life. I'll tell you what, I had someone work for me, well, there were several people work for me over the years, and they stole money. Yeah. And although I got the police involved, the police said, I can't really prove it. I said, come on. I know. I've got a woman who came into the shop and paid £200 for their holiday. Yeah. They wrote £100 on the file and put £100 in their pocket. Yeah. And the receipts don't match. Yes. They went, I'm sorry, I can't prove it. And I would like to have paraded him in the street. In fact, I'd like, you know, we get invited to do's and things, yes. travel do's, you know, hotels and things like that. If I ever saw that person yeah. in one of those, I'd like to turn around and say, there's a thief over there. Nobody in this room employ him. Yeah. He will steal from you. Yeah. But then the trouble is, he would probably sue you. Probably. Would probably yes. sue. But then Defamation you see, of character. I, would, I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I, I spoke to Paul Cooper the other day, actually, who's got a fruit and veg stall. Mm. Now, I wouldn't tangle with Paul Cooper if I was the strongest man in, in, in Christendom, because uh, he does a bit of boxing and things like that. And uh, some, somebody nicked some fruit off the front of his stall a little while ago. Anyway, he followed them all the way down the river and he threatened him. Mm. And the bloke said, sorry, mate, sorry. He said, don't ever nick from me again. Don't ever touch any of my stuff again. It's my my property. That's my living. You touch that again, be the last thing you ever do. Right I mean, too. just absolutely appalling that people now thieve and they don't think anything about it. I did know somebody who worked in a... Well, actually, I've known a couple of people now who worked in bars mm. and they robbed them blind. But oh, they yeah. did it so well and they were so popular that the people who owned the bars went, but they were really nice. They were very... Po I said, of course... In exactly the same way that I told a story a while ago of a woman shoplifting in Marks and Spencers with two kids, one in a pushchair, one on a little scooter, and she was taking the food and putting it into the pram. Mm. Yes, and I've yet she that, picked but... up one item and a piece of bread and got to the uh, the shop assistants and all the rest. Of it. And I said to one of these, I said, "She's stolen. She's stolen steak." So they followed her outside. He said, "You sure?" Said, Put my life on it. Lifts up the thing and she said to the kids, "Stop it! You just distracted me." Turns out she's a regular in there. All the staff were shocked. They went, but she's been in here for ages. We know her far, her, her, her husband is away on business. Mm. And all. I said, because she's robbing you blind every day. That's what she does. Yeah. She thieves. Familiarisation, you yes. see. You never suspect And the more the somebody goes, hello, how are you? The more chance there is that they're robbing you. Yeah, it's outrageous. It's like, the, you know, my next door neighbour, she was telling me that, uh, you know, someone slashed her, the roof of her, her convertible. Beautiful car she has. It's beautiful. And then got a key and went all round the chrome oh. on it. Now, what reason is it? Steal the car and try and sell it and make money. If you're going to steal something, make some use from it. Why do that? Now, she's having a battle with the insurance company. Yeah. And this is going on and on and on. And now the car, she hasn't got a car for a week. They've oh. taken the car away, so she has to get, make a terrible journey to work mm. and she has to drive to work. All of that for, for what? And what is that person that did that doing? Nothing. They're just doing it to someone else's car, aren't they? 
Yeah, somewhere else. I, I don't understand the logics. I remember Darren ages ago. He used to have. A, he used to what well, he used to drive. He had a car in Victoria, and he parked outside outside his house. Hmm. But it turns out this other bloke had been parking outside his house, and he wanted to park there. So Darren came back one day, and we're assuming we don't know, but his car was keyed in every panel. All down the sides, across the bonnet, down the other side, yeah. from the back. And it was wavy lines, knowing you've got to take it and get it respraced. If I caught somebody doing that, I have to be honest, I would break their legs. Yeah, if you saw them doing if it. If I saw somebody doing yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, if you, you couldn't call the police. I mean, goodness me, you told me this morning that you, you can shoplift anything under £20. 20 quid, and the police say, listen, it's not worth our while coming yeah, out. It costs more, and the paperwork and everything else. I thought Mr Cameron Mr Modi was, was telling this. me... That a few weeks back, in fact, actually, a couple of guys, I, I won't mention where the shops are, but they've been broken into. Somebody stealing cigarettes. If you've got cigarettes in a shop and it's mm. a lock-up shop. But he said not only did they break in and take the cigarettes from this other shop, uh, he said, but they found the CCTV camera and found the slow recorder, which was upstairs, mm. and they took the whole lot. So, in other words, they couldn't be found. And I said, but how would they know that? Because they're, not, because they're professionals. Because they're professional people. And apparently somebody was stealing the other day. Mr Modi found two wire baskets in the phone box. Because what they'd done is they'd loaded up their baskets in Iceland, mm. walked out the front door, and they'd then <clears throat> just offloaded it in the phone box. I mean, it's, people now thieve from you. I mean, I tell you, the, the people that... I mean, remember the little story? It was a short story. It wasn't one of my very long short. stories. OK, this will be short. I've already told yeah, the story. Even shorter than you imagine. It's going to be short. Anyway, that's enough. So, <laughs> fine, we'll be back with About you in a moment. About the people that stole the roof of my car... Oh, yeah. They wrote my car off because the price of the new roof, the new hardtop... Was worth more than was the car. Was worth more than the car. It was going to cost £3,000. Oh, it's atrocious. So I've got nothing. You see? And you wonder why we sit here getting early in the morning. Getting early in the morning. No, getting angry in the morning. It's dreadful. Really angry. Anyway, good luck to them all at the Barmy Arms. They've got to get it all finished. It's all being redecorated and revamped. And uh, Hillary and Alec are down there going, oh, my God, will they finish? The answer is yes, they will, provided we don't get any more rain today. But I have a horrible feeling the heavens are going to open very shortly. It's LBC. Get ready to see London on... Morning, team. Eight minutes past six, Friday morning, LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Paul from Stackton Trestle has a new look. He's dyed his hair. You colour your hair. He's, he's dye clothes. Oh, sorry, you dye clothes. You colour. Oh, right, you colour your hair. Yeah, remember that. Ah, right. Oh, I didn't know you that. Dye clothes and you colour hair. He has coloured his hair then. He's got what colour? Purple. Why? Purple Mohican. Do we have I a don't, picture? I don't know. <laughs> I did have a picture. Yes, I was going to print it off actually. A purple Mohican. <laughs> I might do that. What, Purple Mohican? For next Sunday. What, for, next, for a week Sunday? <laughs> Can you imagine? Because I've got all sorts of purpley things that I could match yeah. up with the colour of my hair. John's just told me what he's going to wear, so I'm, I'm not going to say anything, actually. I'm not, but I I like, got, we like a surprise. Yes, and two outfits. I've yeah. been practicing two outfits? One for the first show and one for the second. Wow. Got to give everyone their money's worth. Yeah. Actually, that, I, I, it's funny you should say that, because I was thinking the other day... Because somebody said to me, so what are you going to be wearing? And I said, well, you know, we shall be you know, bringing the sparkly jackets kind of thing. And, uh, and they said, why do you wear the sparkly jackets on stage? I said, because if people are coming to a theatre, I don't think they expect the, the curtains to go up and somebody just to sort of walk on wearing a pair of jeans. No. I said, well. I think it looks tacky. I said, the whole idea is I like to see showbiz. I want to see glitter, Absolutely. sparkle. You know, it's like if, if, if the, the curtains open and there's an empty stage, you go and, and we're watching a pantomime. Where's, where's the rest of it? No, and it is very, very important. Up for it. Yes, and you should. Oh, well, we've always dressed up for them. And you yeah. know, it's like my little job on Saturday night. Yeah, you dress up for that. I most certainly do. I don't. I arrive at the at the club looking yeah. just like this. 
Oh. No comments. There's nothing wrong with what no, I'm there's wearing there's nothing today. the matter with it. No, I agree. It's quite normal. <laughs> but I go upstairs and I change. Yeah. And it's the physicality... It's showbiz. It's the... Yes. Of the changing physical thing of changing. There, yes. I change into something completely different. You stand there and I go, showtime. Yeah, and you do yeah. that every week. I've done it for yeah. 30 years there. And I always say to someone, do you think this looks all right? And they go, it's fantastic. Yeah. And you go out and people arrive and you look... Yes. Like You've you're... made the effort. Yeah. I used to look after a, a bar in Twickenham for some friends of mine. And... Uh, and I quite, I quite like working bars, strangely bars enough. It's great. a great way to sort of meet people and chat. And, um, and I would look on it as sort of dressing up. Whereas you'd see people in the bar, they've had the same clothes on all day. And they look smelly. And I couldn't exactly, do that. they look as though you need to take them out and dip them in a sheep dip and then say, look, you know, you're, you're going out for the night. You want to impress somebody, dress up a bit. You, don't, you wouldn't expect Paul Daniels or any of these showbiz people to no. just turn up on stage wearing their day clothes because people would feel cheated. You want, I used to feel cheated when Danny LaRue came out on the good old days and wasn't in drag. No, you'd feel If he was wearing upset. a suit, I'd go, oh, no. I want to see You wanted to see feather feathers and, and frocks. And, and that's what we, we've always thought a, for the shows. And do you know where I... T- I'll tell you what, I saw that. Now, we're always talking on this programme about bad television presenting and it's kind of slovenly a lot of people are. Very slovenly. They don't dress properly and they don't present themselves properly. Well, the other night I watched, uh, by pure chance, uh, Who Do You Think You Are, which is a very good programme, and it was Bruce Forsyth. Oh, yes, yes. And Got I, a huge rating. I tell you what, A, it was one of the best ones I've ever seen. Biggest rating. It was sensational. The story mm. was spellbound. You could not stop watching it. It yeah. was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. All about his great-grandfather, who was... Um, Forsyth Johnson and, and what he did for a living, and he might have been a bigamist and all of this. Anyway, and you get the whole story. He travels all over the place. But do you know what stood out the most for me in watching that programme? Whether you like Bruce or not, and we don't all like him, and people say he gets on our nerves and everything else. That man looked immaculate all the time. Every single... He must have worn, during the making of that one programme, mm. which is quite rare when they're doing that, because yeah. they normally want you to wear the same clothes when you're filming, yeah. because it keeps the continuity going. a different outfit for each thing. Different outfit. And every yeah. outfit, Steve, I tell you... This, how old He's from you? a generation. When we did Des O'Connor, Des O'Connor, smart, immaculate. Yes. Trousers, pressed. When we did Vince Hill, immaculate. It's, it's a generational thing. They're people who dress up. He wore the most beautiful clothes mm. in this. Just watch it. If you're not interested in the mm. programme, just watch it for the Bruce yeah. Forsyth fashion that's show. That's why I think you have... That's why I always used to criticise uh, comedians for coming on stage and just wearing a pair of jeans. You know, you look at Russell Brown, he's wearing the same stuff on stage that he wears off, whereas I used to put it on like it was stage clobber. You, you know, mean, you put it on and then it's showtime and you yeah. walk on stage because you've got the lights and it's it just, it, it works. It's, it's like if you're a, uh, a... Don't look at the a, shoes this time, by the way. A, a, well, you're not going to wear flip-flops. No, <laughs> silver sparkly. <laughs> silver sparkly Spar- Silver sparkly shoes. I can't remember if I wore black ones last time or silver. Somebody might have to correct me. Now, on your solar lights, yes. a lot of people telling me, okay. undo the the casing. It's, it'll have two batteries in, two or three batteries. What, proper batteries? Re- rechargeable batteries. Right. So you can buy rechargeable batteries and you put those in there, then it will charge them up again and they'll be fine. Okay. okay. So I uh, unscrew the box. Yeah, unscrew There's four four screws at the back of mm. that box, which yeah. is not the controller. The right? little control box. Yes. yes. Not, the, not the panel that collects the sun. Yes, not, not the panel because the batteries are in the box, okay? And uh, Greg says the rechargeable batteries are either broken or rusty. Change them, problem solved. Okay. Mm, I must do that. Lynn says, I was shopping the other day, overheard a group of teenage girls chatting. One of them piped up whilst pointing at a bunch of flowers. I didn't know they made yellow roses. Dear. 
Uh, Phil says, I thought it was illegal to obstruct the pavement. How are the protesters getting away with it? I don't know, because I parked once on a pavement, half on the pavement, half in the road, and a policeman went, that's an obstruction. I went, I said, for why? He said, because a woman with a pram mm. might want to get past. And so I went, no, there isn't. Just at that moment, one came round the corner <laughs> with a pram. But you know, you can park on pavements at certain places as long as there are markings on there to show you. Right, yeah. in Muswell Hill, in the main Muswell Hill Road, where I live... There, you can park half on the pavement, and they've yes, got they have white lines thing, and yes, things, yes. little signs that say you can park here. Yeah, because it, because the buses can get through, and people with prams. Lovely. Michael Dennis, our favourite cab driver, says it's usually the over-familiar chatty punters that talk to you as if you're their best mate, who are most likely to do a runner from the cab. It's true, actually. It's all, it's it's that familiar. It's it's that the people who are most likely to steal in shops mm. are the people who work there. Because they know the system. Of Most people who are likely to steal from bars are people who work there. The under-ringing, you know, and pubs have tried everything from bringing in computerised tills to cameras over the till to watch somebody... Under- now, you, you push a button on the till and it will put the drink up so it'll be a whiskey, a mix, a orange juice, an orange juice. Whereas before, you'd ring up... You'd add it up in your four, head. You'd add it up in your head and go, that's £6.80. And then what you'd do is you'd ring up 80p... And you'd remember six pounds, and you'd go under the guise of getting change later on. I speak from experience with this one, because I've seen people doing it. And then you pocket that money. So the till shows right money. Yeah, and you put it in the tip you, jar. Yes. Which is what they, they do. That's yeah. how they do it. The they thing, go, I'll have a pound. Yeah, and it, it, I mean, you wouldn't do six pounds. That would be, that would be absurd, because that would be too much money. But you no, only need do to that. do so what they 50p do. or a pound no, at a time. people do six pounds. There used do to be they? a pub in Richmond, which had two tills. It was built on an, um, uh, an L shape. Mm. And so it was a, a till round there. So the person would serve. And I watched somebody doing it. Six pound 80, come round to here, to this till, not seen by the, by the punter, ring up 80p. OK, but he'd take the change for a £10 note for £6.80, but remembering that there's only 80p rung up in that till, he's got £6. Yeah. Do it a few more times, you've got £20. He would then say, oh, I need some change in this till. Take out two 20s... And put one 20, 20 in. One 20 in his pocket yeah. and 20 for the change. Yeah. Goes on every, every all time. All the time. Bars, it's shocking. I mean, in all clubs. Dreadful. in clubs like all my life, and they're all... It is... A, a terrible problem. It is. It's a big problem, actually. And uh, Colin in Paisley, five weeks off the booze. Well done. News headlines. Richard Hakea. Good morning. The decision not to prosecute the policeman who was filmed put... Morning, everybody. 18... No, it's not. Yes, it is. <clears throat> 18 minutes past six. I'm going off to have some uh, some photos taken later on, but I think I'm wearing the wrong clothes. I think I'm going to get very dirty. And I'm Are hoping you? not to get... Very... And then I've got a meeting with Anthony Davis about Hornchurch. A lunch. Well, he said, like, he, he said, I'll get some food ready. Well, I, I, don't, I don't really eat food for lunch. Well, what do you eat, then? Well, I don't. I just, I just have a cup of tea. You have a liquid lunch. Yeah, have a, a liquid. Tea. Christian, Chris, can't even speak now. Chris in Ashstead and, uh, said, uh, can you send my wife birthday greetings for the 23rd of July? Uh, after six, as so she's generally awake then. I'm assuming her name is Eva. So, happy birthday. But, uh, but one of my, I was going to say, one of my oldest listeners <laughs> this morning is, uh, is Gloria Feldman. Oh, it's Glow. her birthday today. Glow's birthday Indeed. today. So it's many, 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 many happy returns. And many, many, many happy returns from me. Yes. We go back... A long time. Oh, a long, long time. A long, long, long oh, time. Oh, a long, 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 long and time. And me. I mean, I've known Glow for a long time. Yeah. She comes in and sees me. I've forgotten how many coffee. years, actually, we, we go back. Oh, I think, it's a, I think it's a very long time with you. I can remember being at the theatre. And the, the girls theater. you knew when they were small. I can remember the girls when they started smoking. <laughs> I can stopped. remember, yes, I can remember standing in the theatre with, with Glow 
and the girls, and they were smoking. I'm like, you smoking? Well, they came, <laughs> they came to... Being um, sanctimonious as I am. They came to the, used to, the Shaw Theatre, actually. Yes, And yes. I had a cigarette with Joe outside. Oh, did you? Yeah, well, uh, Joe comes and sees me at work sometimes, we go for coffee. Oh, right. We have a chat. Disgraceful. And a Nick Ferrari this morning, so happy birthday, Gloria, happy birthday, and everybody who knows her. Um, Andy Heyman's looking at the papers for Nick, and after the CPS shocked the family of Ian Tomlinson by deciding not to prosecute an officer in connection with his death, Nick asks whether justice was served. Plus, he's talking about the Parliament Square protesters now camped on the pavement mm. outside the... Co- it's just ludicrous in this country. You know, we've got laws and they go- Why you can't rush it through? I'm terribly sorry. You cannot camp on the pavement. It's an obstruction. You You're imagine- all under arrest. Can you imagine that happening in China? In Beijing? No. <laughs> Not at all. That's a, people, or France. And, and what are they, they doing this morning? We came through Knightsbridge earlier on and Mohammed and I, we go through and I went, they brought it down to one lane in each direction. So it was four lanes going through Knightsbridge. One lane now in each direction because they're digging up the road. Absolutely ideal. Do they they have anything better to do in this country apart from dig up blooming roads? Well, it's the busiest weekend of the year. This is the main. All schools break up today, so everybody's going on their holidays. Crackers. And everybody, the airports will be at their busiest. This is the peak, peak weekend. Kitty Winks are on holidays. Everyone's going to do any work this weekend. Yeah. To start the good. Well, go away then. Enjoy yourself. See if I care. Don't be so. Well, you're going off peak. Sorry? You're going off peak. Off peak. Steve, contestants who appear on The X Factor or Britain's Got Talent have auditions off screen before they appear on the TV. To put people through to the TV auditions that can't sing is purely for entertainment value at the contest. Of course it is. They've already been through the first thing and then they whittle them down. But they all sign a, what they call a disclaimer. In other yes. words, if, if they came in here and filmed this morning for something, everybody would be asked to sign a disclaimer. Including you and I. Including, yeah, exactly. Including John and I. And that's how it works. And, and you agree to have your audition shown on television. Yes. And, unless you're extremely stupid, you know what the programme is, because you've, it's been running for donkey's years. So you would know what it is. Why would you then complain afterwards? And if they didn't use all those clips and yeah. all those interviews and all those, yeah. you know, auditions and stuff, there would be no programme. I mean, they go on for in weeks, Well, because they, 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 they build it up and, and people laugh and the, the audience go, off, off, off. In the same way, they used to... What you've got to learn, I'm afraid, in this country, if you're going to appear on a television programme... They didn't force you to appear on it. You put yourself up for it. Mm. You yes. know, your decision. You went to the auditions. You went to the auditions. You queued up, you know, knowing damn well that you can't sing, although there are some very silly people on there oh, who no. come on and they go, you can't sing. They go, but I can. Everybody says I can sing. Well, you can't, love. <laughs> and then they come outside and then the family go in there and try and sort of beat up Simon Cowell, who goes, she can't sing. Yeah, who told... Yeah, I mean, if I was someone, stupid I'd come bloody out families. Go, Wait a minute, let's let's meet your these yeah. friends of yours that say, bring them in, bring them in. Yeah. You think this man can sing? Yeah, and they well, go, yes. not very good friends. It's, it's, it's her dream to be a singer. Well, it's my dream to, to be, like, eight lottery. foot tall, you know, but it's not going to happen, is it? And to win the lottery. Of course you're going to win the lottery. It's a rollover again. Oh, is it? Another one oh, on Saturday. Okay, I don't need the money now. Uh, Noreen says, I had to laugh. Three days running. I had the news on at 11 o'clock in the car and heard Richard Hakey's name burst out with I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas. Because that's what he sang at, uh, at Fairfield Halls for us. Mm. Is he coming to Hornchurch? Over my dead body. No, because he'll want to sing. Again. He'll want to sing again. He did again. sing it beautifully, though. Yes, he did sing it very well. He and did. it snowed. It snowed. Actually, snowed. yesterday, strangely enough, we uh, talked about Richard, who did a charity event the other night. And he, he, he got his suit from Mossbross, mm. which wherever he gets their suits from. And, and they didn't... Uh, he wanted a cummerbund. So he went back in. He said, listen, I'm doing this charity thing up, up the road. Um, could you, you know, get me a cummerbund? Was he buying or renting? Renting. Mm. And so the guy said, yeah. Went to find one in the store and came back and went £7. 
And Rich went, oh, it's for charity. So I mentioned it yesterday. And anyway, Moss Bross's hire department got in contact with me. Right. And uh, they're going to sort it out. What? So I've given it to... Cause it, it wasn't my, my cummerbund. <laughs> I was repeating somebody else's story. But they so do... They're they going to sort it out for him. They do charge, because once I wanted to... They rent, do charge for a cummerbund, though, don't they? They, they charge for everything. Once oh, I wanted to hire... Um, uh, I wanted to buy a waistcoat from Moss Brothers. I mean, they're, they're great, Moss Brothers. Mm. And I wanted to buy a waistcoat that they had advertised. And they went, you can't. You can only rent it. You can only rent it. Oh. But I, this particular one like was it. perfect for what I wanted what was going to wear. Oh. Anyway, so I said, well, how much is it to rent? And he said, well, it was a lot. It was about 40, 50 quid or something oh. for the weekend. Yeah. And I did it. Oh, did you? I only wore it. What was about. so special about it? It was just stunning. And it was just the right colours for what I was going to oh. wear. It was grey and it had silver in it. It was very oh. beautiful. But you can't buy it. And I said to them, is there any... There must be a time when you these run out, you know. Yeah, and then they sell they them would, on. They do sometimes, but you have to go to their head office up here. Like oh, right. Here. Yes, over the road in Covent Garden. And I've put my head in there several times and glanced, but I've never seen no. it. But oh. I've got lots of waistcoats now. Have you really? Yes. I don't have... I, I have a couple. I, I wore one, I think, to the uh, the Water Rats. I think I wore what, it to what, the Water Rats. What, under a jacket? Uh, I wear them on their own. Well, I'll put a No, I don't wear thing. them on my own. Maybe I won't put a shirt on. Well, just with it? nothing. Just, just yeah, very oh. trending. Lovely. Uh, the Brit who played um, Darth Vader in three Star Wars films mm-hmm. has been banned from a celebration of the movie in Florida. After criticising George Lucas in the past, Dave Prowse was told he'd burnt too many bridges. Ooh. Well, I remember Darth. I remember Dave Prowse. He was Green Cross Code Man. Yes. <laughs> Oh, that's just me. I'm not doing an impression or anything like that. But he's 75 now. Isn't it funny? I and he have was thought the him. voice of Darth Vader. Well, he, 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 he was Darth Vader. The voice was somebody else. He, he walked around. Who was the one that played... Uh, the famous, 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 famous actor uh, that played Obi-Wan Kenobi? Oh, Gielgud. Was it Gielgud? No, no uh, it was the other one. It wasn't Gielgud. I've read it his diaries. Guinness. Alec, Alec Guinness. Guinness. Alec Guinness. Yeah. You see, he got into trouble as well, because if, if you read it, one of his books, yeah. he always sort of kind of slags off Star Wars and, oh, you know, just brushes it aside as if being dreadful, dreadful, I was, yeah. why I ever did that. But love the checks coming through of the course, door. Of course, yes, yes. And he does say, you know, yeah. another check on the mat this morning, because he got, wow. every time it was shown, he got some kind of thing. Oh. So, I mean, he was in, what, three of those, wasn't he? Yeah. I mean, he's a good little earner. Yes, uh, you do very a big nice. Block like that. They all do big. Bl- but I D- do D- big Dave Prowse used to stand there and, and do the Green Cross cro- Code thing. He used to visit schools. And he was gre- all in green, wasn't he? That's why it's called the Green Cross Code. Man. I, I remember the television. Advert. If it had been the Black Cross Code, he'd have been black. Well, I think he? it was before we had colour television. So we, always, <laughs> we used to colour it in green when he came on. I was a member of the Tufty Club. We did road safety. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> wasn't it? Look right. Look, look left. Look right again. Yeah, and, and then get mown clear, down by a snowplow. <laughs> but in the days when I was taught, there were only four cars on the road, so exactly. you never saw any. That's right, you stood there, and it said, look right, look left, look right again, and if mm. it's all clear, then cross the road. Quick march, it was. Quick yeah. march, boom, boom, boom. You had to but get... you're right, there was, no, there was no car within 300 miles. <laughs> I, I saw a girl, a very silly girl, I was at Tesco's, and I was queuing for petrol, and I looked down onto the North Circular Road, and there was a girl, and she was crossing the North Circular Road. I know, I know. At rush hour. Small wonder you see bunches of flowers by the side of roads for idiots who've crossed the road. so stupid. I see it in Richmond on the bypass. And people who cannot be bothered. Absolutely mad. Ridiculous. Uh, Weight-obsessed British women spend £25,000 on diets during their lifetime. Uh, My advice is, don't bother. Don't don't waste your time. It it doesn't work. Watch what what you eat. Sorry? Watch what you eat. Exactly. And also, you, you chew... 
Chew, chew your food. Chew a lot. Don't just put it in your mouth and swallow. That's, no. You've but got that's to chew. Bad for you. Yeah, because yeah. chewing it is, is better, and that's the. That's the. Oh dear, she's turned up again. Who? Zoe Salmon. Hi, year. <laughs> Zoe Salmon was the Blue Peter presenter. Oh, I know her. Who name. Was, it was a bit naff, I'm afraid. She's got dark hair. Well, she has now. She used to be blonde on Blue Peter. Anyway, she's to help lonely hearts find love on board a bus. She's just signed up to front a new dating show. Um. Uh, where each week the former Blue Peter babe, oh dear, how tacky for Blue Peter, I'm afraid, and conductor will head around the country and pick up a single guy or girl. The bus will then stop again to pick up a potential date. Obviously, there's no work arriving, I'm afraid, for poor Zoe Salmon, and you've had to take this job, love. The thing about it is, is that Blue Peter is geared towards, you know, six to ten-year-olds, isn't it? Yeah. Why would you have a babe on there? Well, she wasn't a babe. Well, no one should be a babe no. on Blue Peter. But I mean, can you name the, the current ones? Oh, no. There you go, you see. Couldn't tell Years them. ago, you knew who the people were on Blue Peter. We I, knew Peter Purvis, we knew yes. John Noakes, Valerie Singleton. Yes. Now. Well, they were household names, you knew them. Three nondescript people. Don't even know who it is. And Zoe Salmon. In fact, it was so desperate the other day, even Esther Ranson, who used to be such a big noise at the BBC, turned up on Loose Wound fronting a government campaign. What? To axe Blue Peter? Oh, no. <laughs> no, it was, it was something about, oh, that's right. If somebody knocks at your door and offers to repair your roof, don't let them. I thought, I'm sorry, love, we did this 30 years ago. Yeah, but she, she, that's because she wanted to be a, 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 a politician. Yes. She but wants to be an No MP. mention, strangely enough, from the loose women, who quite clearly are out to lunch most of the time. No mention of uh, how you failed as a politician. Yeah. I was waiting for that question. And lost her deposit. Lost, lost her deposit. Didn't Luton. come up because nobody was interested in voting for was her. It Luton South she yeah. went around for. And she sat there and all she got was a round of applause for being 70. Is she 70? Apparently as so. As that. Yes, and looks it. <laughs> but apparently they all went... <laughs> and they clapped in the audience. They're, they're, they're a bit naff, the loose women, at the moment. They need, they need to kick up the rear end. They need some new people, perhaps. They need some new people. Mm. Yes. Definitely. Definitely some new people. Um, two Muslim women were ordered out of a swimming pool at a holiday camp because they were wearing burkinis. Oh, I love the name, Burkinis. Burkini. The pair shocked fellow bathers as they leapt into the water in their all-over swimsuits, including a hood, to hide their hair. This is in uh, southern France. And a camp spokesman said the burkini ban was for hygiene reasons. Well, Do you remember they did a programme on the television where there was a woman who was... She was going to be a lifeguard in Australia. Hmm. And she wanted to wear a bikini. They went, you've got to swim out here to save somebody. And it turned out she actually couldn't swim either. But she wanted, but to, she be wanted to be a lifeguard. Because it was a television programme. This obsession that people have with being on the television. Being and famous. in the end, she was, she was useless. But... But in Edwardian times, people used to, you know, they used to have those uh, things that they used to wheel down to this water's edge and people would change inside How them. How old are you, for God's sake? And then they would How step old? out and the, the oh, staircase Lord, would come out and go straight into oh, the water. Yes. And they would be virtually fully clothed. Well, I love the way you say they as opposed to we would have been fully clothed. <laughs> anyway, we have to take a short break. More from John Warrington's ramblings. <laughs> In a moment, because it's Steve Allen's early breakfast, this is LBC 97.3. It's Friday morning, and the time now, 6.30. Sky Sports 2. There you go, 26 minutes to 7. Morning, Richard. I do know which station, station I'm on, by the way. Apologies, apologies for that. That's everyone. all right, that's OK. OK, <laughs> listen, I mean, if, if only you could do well in the horse racing. Yeah, well, how, did, how have I done? Well, uh, as Alex says, when Sam gets back from his short break, I hope he doesn't blame Richard for the week's losses. Oh He's done no worse than some could say he did. Uh, he did do a little bit better. Now, Alex had Perfect Blossom, which won at five to four. Profit £2.50, his total profit £39.68. Your carnival time... Which you found very amusing. Yes, out of eight runners, you were seventh. 
That's why you found it amusing. Yes. So you lost two pounds. Your total loss seventy-two pound fifty-one. Oh dear. So today we're off to Southall, Freedom Fire, the five past four win only. Freedom Fire, win only in the four oh five at Southall. Today's racing is at Ascot, Chepstow, Newmarket, Southall, Thirsk, and York. And uh, the nag that my uh, biro lid landed on this morning is the eight ten at Newmarket. It's Sierra Alpha. Right. We like that. Sierra Alpha's lovely. Sierra Alpha. Yes, because I speak like that all day. Do you? <laughs> Sierra Alpha. Sounds like, a, sounds like a plain call sign, doesn't it? It is. We use it all the time. <laughs> they never get your name wrong. Yes. So we, we, we don't have you, Richard, next week. That's it. Yeah. Oh, Sam Pitters is back and I obviously owe him a coffee. I think you owe him a bit more than a coffee. <laughs> You've, you have kept his seat warm. Mm-hmm. And uh, you must speak to Mosbros later. Yes, I will. Thank you very yes. much for that. The power of your show. It's, a, it's absolutely amazing. They're, they're very helpful and they're lovely people. Mm. And I'm sure that they, they will sort you out a treat, as Thank they you. say, which would be lovely. And, uh, and perhaps we'll, we'll talk again. Actually, strangely enough, Noreen said every time you come on to read the 11 o'clock news, she thinks of you at uh, Fairfield Hall singing White Christmas. <laughs> Not great for the news, that, but... Uh, Not great for the news, but it's, it's nice to know that you've made an impression. Yes. You see? And you, you do make an impression. I think you should <laughs> sing the news. Sing the news. Yes. I don't think that would go down too not, well. Not particularly good, that one, is it? It's good in August, when there's not much news. Yeah. You could just <laughs> sing it. It's going to be another we will hot see. day today. Watch this space. <laughs> Watch this space. Richard, nice to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. It's Richard uh, Hakia. 25 minutes to seven. Uh, couldn't agree more about Brucey Forsyth when he was dressed immaculately. Great programme. When will he get his knighthood? He won't. He won't. Andrew Falkirk, yeah, says, Grot bags and flying monkey. Alex need a good <laughs> dose of no media and publishing. I have to admit, I stole when I was a wee lad and I got clipped for it. Good. Well, yes. that stopped you Everybody doing it, did it, didn't it? Though. Come on, hands up. Everybody. Did, did you ever pinch anything from a yeah, shop? Yeah, I did. Did you? Mm. I got caught. Yeah. Instantly. I got caught as well. Yeah. My mother, made, my mother walked me all the way back home. And it, I didn't want it either. What it, was it? I can't remember. Fridge freezer. <laughs> what did you get? <laughs> it was a colour television. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> no, colour television. Yeah. But, no, it was, it was something silly. And it was from a shop in Oxford Street, actually. <gasps> I nicked two halfpenny chews. Did you? Old money. <laughs> four for a penny, blackjacks, yeah. fruit salad. Mm. I pinched two. And when we got home, I said, where'd you get those from? Because in those days, people knew where you got sweets from. And so I said, she made me walk all the way back through the village with her to go to the woman who owned the corner shop and said, my son took these. I know, embarrassing. To pay her back. And you... Really embarrassing. Did you give the sweets back? I'd eaten them. <laughs> <laughs> I paid for them. I paid for them. <laughs> yeah, well, I did get caught, and we got told off by the shop, but not, not, they didn't call the public. Mean, we were kids. Yeah. Very young we were. We very used to pinch apples as well from people's, you know, orchards and things like that. Did you? Yeah. It's called something, isn't scrumping. it? Scrumping. Scrumping. Yeah, scrumping. We do that. We didn't have all orchards, many orchards in Gamden Town. We didn't have that many orchards <laughs> round our way. Well, I've sa- I say orchard, the man next door had three trees. That to us was an orchard. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> didn't even have gardens in Camden Town. No, no, you didn't, did in you? Central London, it was no, Nobody had things like that. Michael said, and we had, didn't have any garden centres. No, no garden, garden centres. Centre. I went to the garden centre last Sunday. You know, I bought ten new fish from my pond. There's nothing in there, though, in the gardens. Have you noticed? No plants, nothing. Well, it's a bit late. But I tell you, the one up, I went up to Cruise Hill, because I want to go to the aquatic centre. Oh, to lovely. To get ten new goldfish from oh, my pond. Oh, I know pond. Cruise Hill. It's fantastic. Yes. Anyway, this particular one that you pay, you have to pay to join, um, they had everything in there half price. Yeah. And I got a trolley load of stuff for £27. Wow. Which is great. And I mean... You get it home, though, this great trolley load of stuff, and you put it in the garden, you go, where did that go? And, you know, because it just disappears, yes. doesn't it, with everything else. I did get a very, very nice, I think it's a plumbago. Oh, what? A plumbago. 
It's a pudding. It's a plant. Plumbago. It's a plant. Have it with custard. It's a Mediterranean plant. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh. I is like it? a good fern myself. I've got lots of ferns. They don't <laughs> like the heat. What, ferns? No. Nothing likes the heat at the moment. I've lost a couple and of And don't ever plants. put fuchsias in hanging baskets. I'm forever picking up dead blooming <laughs> fuchsias. It's driving me mad. Uh, Sue in Southgate, thank you. She wishes us a nice weekend. Patricia says, read your views on dressing up. We've become a nation of slobs. I love yes. dressing beautifully, and even to the corner shop in velvet, silk and lace or fine tweeds. Well, of course, gloves. I mean, we are, we are a very scruffy nation. We are scruffy. You can always spot the tourists in London badly dressed. When yeah. we go abroad, we're badly dressed. Michael says, your traffic lady said there's a fire on, a building on fire in Hornchurch. You better hope it's not God showing his opinion <laughs> of you. And please, no more threatening to break people's legs. We nearly crashed the car, which is good. Uh, I'm an engineer for the studios in Sky. Hate getting up early, but listening to the show cheers me up, says Matt. I know. Good. Do you get to see Eamon Holmes every morning? <laughs> Do give him a big kiss from us. We love Eamon. From us? Don't well, yeah, include from me in we that. We love him. I might have to meet Eamon Holmes one day. Really? You never know. That's I what? could be on GMTV or something really? or He won't be on. He's not on GMTV. He's on the next programme. He's on program. Sky. And he's on This Morning. He's on This Morning. I know. Have you noticed, though? Very funny. He's, he stopped eating on it. Which is what, very funny. On the programme. On the programme. Whenever they, they cook something now, he tries to avoid it. Because <laughs> I bet Private Eye are just waiting. Uh, Kevin said, Dave used to say, always remember the Green Cross Crowed, a Green Cross Code, because I won't be there when you cross the road. Oh, that's good one. That's good, wasn't yeah. it? I used to go around knocking on his door. I'm going to cross the road now. Would you like to come with what me? Do they te- what, what do they teach now? How do they teach children to do it now? They don't. I don't think they do. I think you just teach people the same as we, we were taught. What, the same way? Well, I, th- I think, yeah. Did you take it's... your... Did you do the, your provisional uh, bicycle... Did you do your bicycle test? Di- cycling proficiency. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Yes. No. No. No, I don't <laughs> think so, no. You must have done. Well, you had to drive around the cones, a cycle around the cones. No, we didn't do that. You did some dog playground. Did... No, we didn't, no. You didn't go to school. St- you were too busy stealing apples. I was too busy go? stealing apples and getting penny chews. <laughs> yeah. uh, George says, I got to meet Dave Prowse in Hamleys in 78 in his Darth Vader outfit when I was 14. Wow, I know I was smaller back then, but he was huge. Yes, he's, he's, he's quite big, actually. Yeah, I did interview man. Dave Prowse long, 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 long time ago. I, think, I don't think he's very well, actually. No? I'm sure somebody said he wasn't well. I think that when doing contracts for the first Star Wars, the cast were offered percentage or wage. Alec Guinness and Harrison Ford took the percentage, says D. Earned zillions. Well, they, 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 I mean, when they, it's good to uh, all, always take the um, percentage. Really? Definitely. All right. I take the percentage on this programme. Well, you have to. Yes. You have to take the percentage. <laughs> there's no alternative. I, th- I think full stop, it's the best way like to fall. Like a salary. <laughs> yes. Roy Hudd. It's going to be with me on Sunday morning for In Conversation. Very nice. And Gladys Knight. Oh, lovely. Who sang at Michael Jackson's funeral and was absolutely lovely and charming and wonderful and we love her to pieces. We and, love Roy Hudd. And I, myself, yeah. and Adrian, are in for Simon Calder on yes, Sunday Yes, you are, aren't you? And, from uh, one till three. Gino DeCampo's in as well. Gino DeCampo. He's, he's in for food. Oh, is he? He's doing food. Is he indeed? Everybody's all over the place. Everyone's all over the and place. And apparently Andrew Pierce is in... Is he's in Friday, for, isn't he? I think he's in, yes, yeah, soon for, um, for O'Brien. Yes. He's going off for more, more Botox. <laughs> more Botox. And liposuction. Is that possible? <laughs> Is that possible? He can have more. Anyway, I don't know. If, you wanna, if you've got questions and you're not around on Sunday but you want them to be answered, yeah. um, you can email simon at lbc.co.uk. Oh, give right. us a call. We're gonna, a destination of the week is Washington. Oh, lovely. Because Mr Cameron was there and Mr Obama was there so to meet him. Washington. We're doing Washington. Quite Lovely. Like a good bit topical. If you've got a bit of money cruising. lying around, these are the uh, the gifts on sale again uh, for Edward and Mrs Simpson. I quite like the... Um, Panther? 
No, the Flamingo brooch. The Flamingo brooch. Uh, this is the Star Lot at the 87th sale, uh, ablaze with rubies, rubies, I can't speak this What's morning. What's the matter with you? Breaking these teeth in for our dog. <laughs> rubies, sapphires, emeralds and diamonds. It was uh, bought for Mrs Simpson in 1940, shortly before the couple fled their home in France as the Nazis advanced. They reckon one and a half million. Now, to be honest with you, these are trifling amounts for the amount of people who go to auctions now who've got zillions of pounds. Even here, you know, a uh, emerald, ruby and diamond brooch, 150,000. This is nothing. There are people who go to this auction who've got hundreds of millions. Look at what they buy, at, uh, what paintings go for. Yes. 90 million. Yes. 120 million. Yes. I mean, they have here uh, some cufflinks. Oh, uh, presented I mean. by Mrs Simpson to Edward in 1939, on the back of one cufflink is the inscription "Hold Tight," which yes. is, uh, and and they're, they're going for ninety thousand. These will exceed these uh, these prices. I bet you. I don't know who owns them, but obviously somebody bought loads. Look, the, I like the 1935 Cartier bracelet, which has an inscription that refers to an, as- an assassination attempt on the king oh. and could fetch up to £450,000. I mean, the, the panther a brooch, is that, that's a brooch, isn't it? The yeah. panther brooch. That's very, very Who famous. owns these things? Well, the, the, the original auction yeah. must have been about 20 years ago, after she died. Yeah. Um, they, they had a big, big auction, which, which really hit the news and everyone was, you know, was wanting to go. And Her mother hated her. No, well, never hated speak, never spoke to her. And I remember at the, at the funeral... The Queen Mother turned up, but under protest, I think. She and had to, she, uh, had to go. she had to because the rest well, of the royal family. It was it was all a little well, that bit was traumatic. A, that was a, his funeral because he was buried here. Yes, his body was brought. She. Over. We had pictures of her in the paper when she was dying, taken by the housekeeper. Mm. She lived in the house in France, which is owned by yeah. Mohammed El Fayed. Just as our Paris. Because yeah. I've actually got a book which was brought out. Uh, and it showed the interior of the house, <laughs> and they had pictures of her literally on, on her deathbed. She'd she would wasted away old. to nothing. She was yeah. very old she at was the end. quite old. And you see, the, why the Queen Mother didn't like her was because she blamed her yes. for the situation that she was yes. in. Because he abdicated, yes. and then her whole life changed. And she didn't want that life no. originally. But she sort of got into it, didn't she? Amazing, isn't it? Uh, jokes. Paul Merton... Alleged origin, Paul Merton. I got a book on the paranormal. I didn't buy it. It just appeared. Yes. OK. Uh, Jimmy Carr, alleged the original on this one. I used to go to the circus to see the fat tattooed lady. Now they're everywhere. Lovely. It's very Jimmy it's Carr. It's true. And, uh, and Lee Mack says, Chaz and Dave are doing a single with Snoop Dogg. It's called Knees Up, Mother. <laughs> Can't repeat it. No, don't. And um, I'd love someone to call me Sir without adding, you're making a scene. Alleged origin, The Simpsons. This is after Keith Chegwin. The man who took all his clothes off for a game show on television and Which wished I he saw. hadn't. I sent a commiseration note to Maggie Philbin. I said, I'm so sorry. She said, it may not be big, but it filled a pram. And I said, well, there you go. That's, you know, there's no more that you can do with it. Remember that programme? He's I never rem- worked since, has he? Yes, he turned up on GMTV doing the things. But the trouble is with Cheggers, he was always a little <coughs> bit like that. You know, a little yes, bit, yeah. that's what he used to do. Yeah. He used to knock on people's doors, didn't yes. he, with a £1,000. Yes, right? I'd have actually kept, kept the door bolted. It was the same with Richard Arnold turned up. You know, knock, 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 knock. Go away. It's Richard Arnold. Definitely go away. <laughs> Quarter to seven. These headlines, Richard Hake here. On in the decision not to prosecute the policeman who was filmed pushing in three. Morning, everybody. Twelve minutes to uh, seven is the time. There's a feature in the, uh, the mail today. And uh, the headline is, Why I, as a gay man, abhor TV queens. And uh, Andrew Pearce is talking about Alan Carr. Yes. Cannot bear. Gokwan. 
cannot bear. I Although, love to be Gok honest, Kwan. I think I, I changed my opinion on, on Gokwan because I actually thought that he, he was actually, what he's doing is actually very good. I think the fact he's gay is, Im, is immaterial. So I never even to think this. About him being Whereas gay. Alan Carr, I just find irritating. Louis Spence, I've never met a gay person who likes Louis Spence. The only people who like him tend to be fag ag women who go, oh, Louis Spence, really funny. Whereas, ask any gay man, they can't bear him. But I have to tell you, he's that, an embarrassment. That, that, uh, David Beckham. On, uh, on the last Jonathan is he, Ross. Is he a gay man or something? No, David Beckham? but he was saying that his sons love him, Louis Spence, and mm, uh, he, he likes the programme as well, very much. He came across as... Ex- he was ever so good on that, by the way. Beckham? Beckham. He got slated. I don't know why. Because he's dull. He wasn't dull. He's boring. And for once, he boring. wasn't sort of mumbling away. He does Lego. He, actually th- he does Lego. So? So what? I, would you play with Lego? That's well, different. I'm not David Beckham. Why do you have to be... What is, why is David Beckham different? He's very much in love with his wife, who he calls... Oh, boss. how boring is that? But oh, what? I'm very much in love with my wife. How dull. <laughs> I'd be more excited, you know, if we knew what? that he wasn't in love with his wife and the whole thing was an act. That would make it entertaining. <laughs> or that she was hell on wheels and he couldn't wait yeah, to exactly. leave Yeah, exactly. She's a skinny, thin little but thing the thing like about it is, a bag of bones. The thing about it is, is that he is happy with her. Despite... I don't care. Why not? Care. Why? Well, a bit of happiness. Why should I care? And he looked fantastic. Why should I care whether he, he's, he's happy with her or not? He's a very, very good-looking man. I don't go around saying, are you happy, you know, with, with your life? You're happy with your partner? You're happy with... I couldn't care less. It's nothing to do with me. But it was nice that he's, he loves his kids. He's, he's selling perfect, himself. You know, he's, he he's, he's just sort of telling everybody about his life. And then the next minute, <laughs> the press start intruding. Mm, don't ask that. And you think, well, you blooming told us everything. But, you know... It's like Louis Spence. I mean, some of the stuff Andrew mentions here, I mean, I'm not remotely interested in. And he said, he's just an embarrassment. He's well, just yes, an he is an embarrassment to everybody. But he's, he's, you know what he's doing? What everyone else, Steve, is doing. He's milking it. Because in, yes. in a year's time, yeah. he'll be yesterday's news. Yes. So he's getting in there, he's getting this oh, opportunity to make money. But it doesn't actually make it different, does it? For sort of straight people out there who go, oh, that's what puffs are like. Yes. And that's, that's the embarrassment. I and mean, remember Julian and Sandy <clears throat> were around in 65 before it was, homosexuality was even legalised. Yes. And, they and nobody knew brave. what they were talking but about. But they, nev- they, they were never gay. They were just two people that ran the antique shop or something, weren't they? Was it antique No, shop they used to run everything, Julian and Sandy. Yeah, but they weren't gay. They were the- gay. Yeah, I know they were. But not gay. They didn't, they weren't out gay. Because you what do you think see... they were? Well, Hello, I'm Julian, this is my friend Sandy. They oh, were friends. Straw, nice to value dolly old e. <laughs> What do you think friends. they were? They were friends? Yes. Good grief, man, friends. where are you from? <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, in- Inman, of course. In-, in fact, strangely enough, we were talking about this the other day on the programme, where you had people like Charles Hawtrey, who was Campus Christmas on the Carry On films, and yet every time a big busted woman hove into view, he leered. And it wore, wore, and you think, well, you're not going to be interested, are you? Well, that was Carry On. There was no oh, that was different. Carry on. Oh, right. But anyway, he, he does say here, he said, it's time to let the spirit of John Inman and Larry Grayson rest in peace. Yeah, I think it's time for a change. Well, yeah. the soaps do try and make it look, make gay people act in a per- positive way, don't they, in a, in a normal environment? I don't know why, do you do know, they, uh, well, they, I don't think they do. Don't they? No, why? look at Coronation Street, you've, you've got, you know, yes, Anthony Cotton, yeah. who's playing himself. But Coronation Street is a very bad example. A man they, they, working in a factory, one man in a factory all full of women are sitting on sewing machines. Well, there are lots of people doing that right now. One man on a sewing machine and yeah. a factory full of women. I bet. God. I bet. The thing about Coronation Street is a very bad example, because Coronation Street is always the... Not real. It's, and it's more of a comical soap. Yeah. And so, therefore, you don't, they've never really sort of gone for real targeting, headlinings-type stories like EastEnders and Emmerdale. Um, so, therefore, if, if they're going to portray a gay character, that's the way they would do it. 
But this day and age, we're, we're, we're gay people have got everything they could possibly want. They can get married, they can live together, nobody throws paint in their face, and they have to... Look at Quentin Crisp went through all yeah. those years ago. Yeah. Now they've got everything. I think they should just integrate into society and they're just another human... They're more human beings. They, they don't have to be different. Why do people have to say, I'm gay, I'm gay? That's a load of old nonsense this mm. day and age. You don't need to do but people, that People have to tell you things now. That's why I've often said, when you watch Big Brother, people are going, I'm a lesbian. You think... Who cares? Yeah, I'm not remotely interested. I don't care. And why do they have to say I that? I don't know. They're, they're a human I'm being. I'm fascinated by why people want to tell you about themselves. You go, actually, I didn't ask, and I'd rather you kept it yourself. Yeah, I couldn't care less. It doesn't interest me. No, not interested. Why? Why do, they, why do we have to stereotype everyone? I don't know. I just, well, I, I suppose we do, actually. I did make a lovely salad last night for my dinner, and I thought about you, because God, it didn't come out of a bag. Well, you might as well have gone to Katie Price's, because she has admitted that uh, when she has a dinner party at her house, and one can only imagine what it's like, nobody dresses up. The, uh, the dress code for her is tracksuits or pyjamas and she generally does Doritos or salad for starters. Ooh. It's very difficult to do a salad for a starter, isn't it? Followed by roast lamb and liquid mashed potato. Ooh. She boils tins of condensed milk for four hours to make banoffee pie and likes to sleep off the food in front of a film and she only serves Diet Coke. It's only when she goes out on the lash. That, well, she only uh, serves Diet Coke to everyone. So if they want apparently to... so. Well, in all that, when you watch that programme, they're all drinking wine and champagne and all throughout the park. Yeah, I saw champagne on her thing the other yeah but that's not a dinner party it's when you have people round in front of the television cameras well they turned the, the, the movie room yeah. into, into a kind of a cocktail bar yes and she was making good she drinks like a fish yeah all this I only drink I dark coke I don't you don't drink at all now no do you miss it no not really. No, don't even think about no, it. don't think about it. Well, I'm thinking about it now you've mentioned it, but, I mean, generally speaking, I'm not. Uh, I nurse Dave Prowse at the Royal Marsden, utterly charming, and does lots of charity work for cancer, says Sarah in Croydon. Doesn't help the fact that he dissed the filmmakers, I'm afraid. No. Uh, is there a particular reason why Bruce hasn't been given a knighthood? I've got no idea. Couldn't care less, actually. Some people just don't. Yeah, I some know people a, don't a, get them. A, a surgeon who created the hip operation that they perform oh, now. Right. yeah. And most surgeons, you know, normally go on to get a knighthood. And yeah. he didn't get a knighthood. Never yeah. ever got knighthood. And yet he pioneered the operation. All right. And Michael Freeman. I love your programme. I agree that we are a scruffy nation. Why do big women walk around wearing little tops with their midriff hanging out? Hideous. I don't know why they do. We <laughs> saw some the other day. We were having a Chinese, Michael and I. And this woman walks by. Admittedly, she was thin as a rake, but she had like a crop top on. And I thought, why do people want to show you their flesh? We're not in a swimming pool. No. You know. I but don't go around. You don't see men walking around, let's say Louis Spence, with a little sort of crop top on. Oh, it's I not see lots of them. Oh, let me assure oh, you. Right. Oh, right. Come to Camden. Oh, right. Lots of, lots of men. <laughs> oh, oh, right. OK. An awful lot of them. And Colin in, uh, in, in Brampton and Ontario says the American actor James Earl Jones did the voice of Darth Vader. Oh, there you go. Yes. So it was very da David dressed up. Uh, Shelley says, who would be at your fantasy dinner party? Not that awful Janice Dickinson. Not that's Janice for Dickinson, sure. no. Goodness. I don't know who I'd like for dinner. Uh, anybody Close didn't friends, eat too much. People that I liked. Yeah. And were, were interesting. Yeah. That would be nice enough. Right. My closest friends. How many people would you have? Oh, What's the ideal for a dinner party? I think six. Six? It's enough. Oh, okay. Unless you can do it in the garden, then you could have ten. Oh, right, okay. But then there's a the stand-up buffet. Alison uh, lives in Camden and did as a child go scrumping in Camden for apples in the 60s. Uh, she said in Camden Street, opposite Richard Cobden School, where there used to be a big old house. Mm. She used to go scrumping I know exactly where that is. Yeah. Well, I, I was born in a house that backed onto the, the uh, Jewish Free School. Yeah. And we had a lovely big garden, and our garden went onto their playground. And you used to go there? 
What's the juice? Well, you to, actually, strangely enough, when we were when we were not on holiday, we, we used to go to some of the schools that were closed down and go and play in the playground on our bikes. Nobody said anything. I think you were allowed to. Though, yes, I you? think you. Yes, I think so. Yes. Well, you were open schools. Yes, we used to call them open prisons, actually. Very funny. Ballstool. Ballstool. It was approved. Listen, that's it. Thank you, John. My pleasure. Very much indeed. John will be back with you on Sunday. Sunday at one. Sunday at one. I'm back on Sunday at seven. seven. Although here from six with the best of in conversation, it's Roy Hudd and Gladys Knight. So that'll be on Sunday morning. Don't forget to podcast. Check the blog. All the bits and pieces that are associated with LBC 97.3. Check out the website and have a look at all the contributors, see what people look like. It's going to be fabulous. Hope the, w- the, the weather holds a bit for today, just a bit longer. I think it's going to be all right. Yeah. That rain was... We needed that rain yesterday. Love it to pieces. OK, thank you, John, very much. I'm back with you, as I say, on Sunday. Nick's with you after the news at seven. First of all, this morning's business update. It's Richard Hakia. Good morning. A report into the bank bailout package at the height of...